and talk about uh, God's workmanship. God don't make mistakes, does he? God don't make no failures. <laughs> uh, I chuckle because that's poor grammar. And uh, sometimes when I want to make a strong point, I use poor grammar. Because you, uh, maybe you'll remember it. <laughs> Let's read together Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Praise God. So his workmanship, created for good works, God said that's what you're supposed to be doing. And thank the Lord that's where we can obey. Amen. Okay, you can be seated, and um, Amelia, if you could bring that verse in, uh, up in the Amplified, I'd, uh, I'd appreciate it. We, have, we should have the Amplified version there as well. And Brother Thomas, if you could have that screen turned on, please. I'm thankful that salvation is by him and through him and to him. We get saved to the Lord from darkness to light, from sin to the Savior. Praise God. I'm thankful. Um, there was a, a commentator named Cal Thomas. I don't remember, know if you remember Cal Thomas. I used to like to read his commentary, his editorials, because uh, he was conservative. And he made a lot of sense. And I remember one in particular that um, he said, and this is in light of my, my comment here, that salvation is by the Lord, through the Lord, and to the Lord. Cal Thomas said, salvation is not on Air Force One, no matter who is aboard. <laughs> Our trust is not there. Our trust is in the Lord. Amen. By grace you are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. That boasting, you know, would be, I'm good enough. I'm righteous enough. I did the work. No, it's faith. It's trust in the Lord. It's by him who paid the price for salvation on the cross. It's through his blood that cleanses us from sin. It's through his name that gives remission of sins. It's through his spirit that helps us to overcome sin and give us victory in those aspects to live victoriously in him. And it's to him that we grow and maintain our relationship. So thank God that we're able to thoroughly understand we are created in Christ Jesus. A supernatural birth that the Lord has brought forth. Born of the water in baptism, born of the Spirit in receiving the Holy Ghost. And uh, that teaching uh, resulting in such changed creatures that it's called a new birth. Just like you're starting over. Just like you're brand new. 
Praise God. And thank the Lord. There's divine verification that God gives for that. Not just a um, New Year's resolution or uh, uh, a, a commitment to a uh, certain principle or lifestyle or whatever. A divine verification. Uh, in chapter 8, uh, Philip preached to Samaria. And there were tremendous results, I mean incredible results, that came uh, through the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, and two scriptures says they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So obviously, uh, that was very strongly emphasized by Philip as he preached in Samaria. Demons were cast out, miracles took place, healing happened, and the Bible says there was great joy in the city. I'm thankful that's what the Lord brings. I'm thankful he displays his power so that there's a change in people's lives that is positive, not negative, not going to drag them down, not going to put them in shackles and restrictions and regulations and all of those sorts of things. Oh, no. Great joy is what he brings, and thank God. And when Peter and John came from Jerusalem down to Samaria and laid hands on them, there was divine verification. Simon saw it, and that's why he offered Peter money. Give me that power. Whoever I lay my hands on, they'll receive the Spirit. What did he see? You know, he must have seen the same outpouring of the Holy Ghost that happened in chapter 2, and then would happen also in chapter 10, chapter 19, and the pattern that is established there, and thank God that the Lord continues to make new creatures. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Thank the Lord that he continues that, because that's his workmanship. His workmanship. Praise God. The definition of workmanship that I found in Webster's Dictionary says, the quality imparted to a thing in the process of making. The quality of it. You see the quality of this pulpit? Uh, Brother David worked on this. I showed him an acrylic um, pulpit that I wanted to order. It was $600, and um, the freight was twice that. So I showed him the picture and said, can you make this? And he was quiet for several minutes. Uh, and then he said, yeah, I can make that. And so here it is, workmanship. Praise God. And so the saving name of Jesus is the workmanship, the quality that the Lord put into us. Amen. When uh, Peter said, there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, Acts 4 and 12, we understand that's why we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, because there's no other name that we can be saved under, according to what the scriptures teach us. As many as you have been baptized, Galatians 3 and 27 said, been baptized into Christ. And thank God we're able to obey the word of the Lord. And we receive the spirit of the Lord, speaking in tongues, the spirit of God giving us the utterance. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, we've been all made to drink of one spirit. And I think it's very significant. It uses the, the verb drink, because you do that with your mouth. <laughs> and that's where the sound comes from. 
That's where speaking in tongues comes from. Amen. We drink of that same spirit. All of us. Praise God. And I thank the Lord that we have received the divine nature and the power of God that comes within. Workmanship also has this definition. Something affected, made, or produced. That has the kind of an ongoing quality to it. We're continually made. We're continually his workmanship because we obey his word. Hebrews 4 and 12 says his word is alive and powerful. We have it, uh, we have it in a book. We have it uh, in pages. And it's, uh, it's, it's been a bestseller for years and years and years. It's been around for a long, 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 long time. Thank God the word of the Lord is eternal will continue to be around for a long, long time. And thank God we'll be able to rejoice about the fulfillment of the Word of God in eternity. But that Word is what we obey. And Ephesians 5 and 26 says, it's the washing of the water by the Word that continues to put an effect or a workmanship within us. And I thank the Lord for that. Remember... Uh, Jeremiah 18, the Lord led Jeremiah down to the potter's house, and he stood there and watched, and the potter was working on a mound of clay, his feet were going on the bottom of the pedestal, his fingers were working the clay, and it got marred. He didn't just toss it away, he made it over again. He, he, he probably put it all in a big lump again, took time to look for whatever impurity may have been in it took that stone out or that branch or whatever it was that was a problem, and then he started the wheel again, and his fingers started going again. And the message was, that came to Jeremiah, was, tell Israel, can't I do that to you? Can't I make you over again? Praise God. And thank the Lord that he puts his workmanship in us. Isaiah 64 and 8. The, uh, the emphasis upon the Lord being the potter and we being the clay uh, is there again. O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay and thou our potter. And notice this part now in the end of Isaiah 64, 8. We all are the work of thy hand. The work of his hands? Praise God. I'm thankful that he's hands-on. I'm thankful he's not, you know, just at a distance saying, do this, do that. No, he's right there, right close to you, taking care of your needs, ministering to you, providing for you, helping you, and uh, lifting you up. Thank God for the power of the Lord. Amen. Now, John Mark, um, the, the gospel uh, that he wrote, uh, he uh, describes a, a, um, a, one of the young men fleeing at the arrest of Jesus. I, all, all the disciples ran. All of them did. Um, and uh, they all fled for their lives. But praise God, he was also present at Pentecost. And he was involved in missionary journeys. However, for whatever reason, he went back to Jerusalem. John Mark did not stay with uh, Paul as they were journeying 
through the cities and towns and preaching uh, the word of God, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and uh, raising up churches. For some reason, he went back home. The next time a missionary journey was being planned, John Mark was ready to go, but Paul didn't want to take him along. He said, he remembered, you returned home last time. I don't want, I don't want you on my team this time. Barnabas said, I'll take him. Amen. And uh, Paul took Silas, and uh, we know how the book of Acts unfolds from there. We don't know all that happened in John Mark's life. We don't know what took place as he journeyed with Barnabas. We don't know the effectiveness, uh, uh, the, uh, the places that they went and uh, the things that they saw. But the evidence of the workmanship of God was obvious because 2 Timothy 4, Paul changes his opinion about John Mark. He says, bring him. He's profitable to me for the ministry. What happened? God was doing a work. Workmanship of the Lord was in evidence there. And thank God, the power of the Lord was there. And I'm thankful that the Lord does a work in our lives as well. 2 Corinthians 7.10 makes a distinction between uh, two kinds of, of, uh, of work and what godly sorrow can do and the difference that can be displayed here. 2 Corinthians 7 and 10. Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of. In other words, you're not going to regret it. You're not going to be sorry. You're not going to feel like you made a foolish mistake. Oh, no, it's going to be positive. It's going to be good. Thank God that godly sorrow will lead you to repentance, a repentance that says, God, please forgive me. God, please change me. God, please make me what you want me to be. Amen. That's repentance. But notice now the difference, the sorrow of the world. Uh, there's definitely sorrow of the world, isn't there? Godly sorrow versus sorrow of the world. Sorrow of the world worketh death. And the devil, of course, uh, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy in comparison to what the Lord came to give. I am come that they might have life and that more abundantly. Is that John 10.10? 10? I believe it is. Thank God that we can have those kinds of works done in our life. We've got to choose the right work. Godly sorrow, not sorrow of the world. Doing what God wants us to do. Repentance that results in salvation that you're not going to be sorry about. Praise God. So, the scripture tells us good works are what God ordained for you. Now, it's important to clarify here, T Titus 3 and 5 lets us know, not by works of righteousness which you have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. And then notice the comparison of the two things, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I think it's significant that water and spirit are mentioned in that verse. Titus 3 and 5, just like John 3 and 5 
lets us know, be born again of water and spirit. Salvation by mercy, not works, not man's traditions, not man's ceremonies, not man's rituals, not man's religion. It's God's mercies that made a difference for us. And by faith, we obey his word. We're baptized, we're filled with the Spirit, praise God. And his workmanship, his workmanship continues. He's working on us, praise God. And uh, we work for him as he works through us. And I'm thankful for it. Titus 2 and 7 uh, also has a, um, a verse about works, good works. And it mentions a pattern of good works. In all things, Titus 2 and 7, in all things, showing yourself a pattern of good works. Now, we saw a pattern of salvation. We're born of the water and born of the Spirit, as being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the pattern that's established in the Word of God concerning salvation. Here, Titus 2 and 7 is telling us to show a pattern of good works. In doctrine, show uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. And you look at those uh, words in uh, a modern translation like NLT, uh, you would see that they're referring to uh, just being serious, being sober, being direct, not being foolish, amen, but holding on to what God desires to do in our lives. And thank God we can have that pattern of good works in our lives. I thank the Lord that we can maintain those good works as we follow after the Lord and desire to uh, work. We thank God for the music. Uh, not easy to get up here and play that keyboard. And so work, work at it. Not easy to operate the sound uh, board and, and uh, the projectors and the computer and so on. Thank the Lord for the people that work at it. Thank God for the snow removal. And people that work hard at that. And uh, making the calendar and making the soup and cleaning up the building. All the good works. Praise God. We thank the Lord for that. And uh, we want to continue doing what God has for us. Titus 3 and 8. Titus had a lot of verses about good works, didn't he? <laughs> Titus 3 and 8. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly. In other words, don't, don't forget. Uh, you, keep, you keep saying yes. You keep following through with it. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Careful to maintain them, not just letting them slip, not just doing one and then saying, ah, oh, it's good enough, I've done my good deed for the year. No, you maintain those good works, and these things are good and profitable. Praise God. And uh, so we follow through on what God desires us to do, and, and I thank the Lord we can labor on for him. Colossians 1 and 29 uh, I always turn, not always, but a lot of times I will, I'll turn to this and, and uh, I'll reflect on how Paul says, I labor and his working that is working in me mightily. Praise God. 
That's God's workmanship. That's what he's referring to. God's workmanship is in me mightily. Praise God. And thank the Lord there can be that demonstration of what the Lord is able to do. Now, verse 28, verse 28 of Colossians 1 gives us an idea of what Paul was talking about when God working in him mightily, but, but doing God's work as well. Because he's going to preach, he's going to teach, he's going to present. Every man. He says that three times. We preach to every man. We teach every man that we can present every man perfect or complete in the will of God. Every man? That's the potential. That's the possibility. That's who it includes. Amen. Everybody, every man, every woman, every child, every elder. Thank God. No one needs to be left out. It's their choice. But we have to be able to present the good news. Praise God. And so, we thank the Lord that in Christ Jesus, we can have that power and, and that blessing. Put, uh, if you would please, put Colossians 1 and 28 up. That it's really important for us to recognize that the preaching, the teaching, and the presenting of every man in Christ Jesus is what uh, Paul was talking about as far as the work. I labor. What are you laboring at? You making tents, Paul? No, that was his vocation. That was his trade, a tent maker. But this is what he's talking about in terms of what he was doing. Every man I'm going to preach to, every man I'm going to teach, every man I want to present perfect in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And so that's quite a work, isn't it? Evangelism for eternal results, not just for the here and now, and uh, trying to make people's lives better, trying to give them a hope, trying to give them uh, satisfaction and uh, peace and comfort and so on. God does all of that. And thank the Lord, uh, he improves our lives and makes it better. But, oh my, eternity, how powerful and how wonderful that's going to be. So 1 Corinthians 15, 58, lets us know your labor is not in vain. Praise God. Not in vain. So, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. In what? In the work of the Lord. Praise God. The work of the Lord is not in vain. There are a lot of things that are in, in vain. You know, the World Series is going on right now. Baseball. And, oh, my, they're screaming and hollering. And... Uh, I don't know if the game's still going. In Philadelphia, it is 7 to midnight. The game's probably over, but the partying or the crying, whichever one it is, whoever won, whoever lost, um, is still going on. Five years from now, will I remember who won the game? Nope. Next year, I won't remember who won the game. But eternal results are what we're looking for. Praise God. And that's why the work of the Lord is not in vain. So uh, we're starting share group up again. That's work. The people who lead it, the people who host it, uh, your contacts, your invitations, your 
uh, phone calls, your emails, your texting. You're saying, hey, we're having a, a, a meeting at my house. Uh, there's going to be snacks. There's going to be fellowship. We're going to have a good time, a good discussion. I'd sure like for you to come. Starts at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. And um, do your voting and then come and enjoy some good cookies and coffee. <laughs> so you work. You work to um, invite and to provide. You work to get your home uh, ready. And you work at hospitality. You work at teaching Bible studies. Amen. And thank the Lord that there's maintaining that work. All the church ministries. I mentioned music and the sound room and cleaning and, and uh, snow removal and all of that sort of thing. Thank God for our Sunday school teachers who are ready every Sunday. Praise God. Thank the Lord that there's uh, uh, youth who are involved and, and uh, the hand of God that is displayed and the blessings that come forth because the ladies uh, provide for the food for fellowship and so on. Thank God for your giving. And uh, you give for growth. We want to see more churches. And we know that there are churches in the denominational lines that are not faring well. And uh, they can't afford to keep their buildings open. Guess who can buy those buildings? Praise God. The apostolics. And that's why you're giving. Praise God. And we thank the Lord that there is that blessing of the Lord as we abound. And that's what 1 Corinthians 15, 28 says, abound in the work of the Lord. Be steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Praise God. All right. Second uh, Timothy 3, 2 and 15. Here's this idea of a workman. A workman that studies, a workman that uh, is striving to be approved, and not approved in an apprenticeship program, not approved by a supervisor, but approved by God. Amen. Unashamed and um, rightly dividing. That that's not using cafeteria style on the Word of God. I'll take a little bit of this. I'll take a little bit of that. But I don't like that. I don't like that. And uh, yeah, that's good enough. No, we take the whole Word of God. And we let the Word of the Lord interpret itself. And that's rightly dividing or correctly explaining the Word of God. Amen. And thank the Lord there's that aspect of what God desires us to do. Uh, in in ch uh, the earlier part of uh, chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says, The things that you have heard of me, Timothy. So there's Paul, there's Timothy. Teach to faithful men. Timothy, you take what you've learned from Paul. You pass it on to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? Wow. So those faithful men are going to teach others. So here's Paul, here's Timothy, here's faithful men, who, here's others. It needs to be passed on. All of them have become workmen. 
All of them have studied to show themselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word of truth? Ah, that's what we're handling. That's why God anoints it. That's why God is not going to let it fall. Amen. It's not your word, not the word of the church. It's the word of God. That's why Isaiah 55 and 11 is such a, uh, such a powerful presentation of what God is saying. My word's going to go forward. It's going to accomplish what I send it to do. It's not going to fail. It's not going to falter. It's not going to just fall apart. It will accomplish what I've sent it to do. Praise God. And thank the Lord that's what we put our trust in. That's what we're going to follow. Uh, it, the, the scripture tells us they went everywhere preaching in Mark 16 and 20. The Lord working with them, confirming what? The word with signs following. <laughs> not their word, his word. Amen. It's not my reputation that's at stake. I'm not the one that's claiming I can remit every sin in my name. It's his word. And so I'm thankful we can, we can present it. And, and, and studying to show yourself approved under God, uh, that certainly means the anointing is going to be there on you. Because God wants his word to succeed. He wants it to be real. He wants it to be powerful. Praise God. And thank the Lord, that's what we're able to present. And know that God, in his workmanship, is going to continue there. Praise the Lord. And uh, that's what we want to do. We, we use his word to accomplish his workmanship. Because he uses it for others to be created in Christ Jesus. Just like you were created in Christ Jesus, a new creature. Just like you were born again. Amen. There's going to be others that are going to be created in Christ Jesus because God wants to do his workmanship. Now, Hebrews 5, the end of Hebrews 5, presents a dilemma. It's a dilemma we want to avoid. Verse 12 of Hebrews 5 sums it up. The time that you ought to be teachers. You ought to be doing the work of God. You ought to be sharing this word that God says is not going to fail, not going to return void. It will accomplish that which I've sent it to do. And I will perform all of my counsel. Praise God. He's going to do it. But the workmanship fell off. It wasn't heeded. It was neglected. And you ought to be teachers, but instead, you need someone teach you again. Be the first principles of the oracles of God. What? No, 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 no. We're not going to go back to milk. We need strong meat. Not strong in the sense that it has an odor, <laughs> but meat, because you're mature, because you've grown up. Because you have your senses exercised to discern between good and evil. Amen. That's God's workmanship in you. That's the display he wants to make. That's the power he wants to give. Praise God. And so we're not going to fall short here. 
when we ought to be teachers, we need milk instead of meat. No, no, no. We're going to follow through on what God wants to do in our lives. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 43. The workmanship that God uh, exercises in us is for a purpose. It's not just to fill pages in a book. It's not just to say, okay, um, spend enough time on that. Boop, you're done. No, there's a goal that God has in mind for you. Look at verse 41, Isaiah 43. Created thee, formed thee, I've redeemed thee, I've called thee. Wow. That's quite a bit of extensive work, isn't it? That's the workmanship of God. Fear not, thou art mine. I like that. And then look at verse 2. We're in Isaiah 43. You pass through the waters, I'm there. Through the rivers, not going to overflow you. Through the fire, no burning, no damage, no flame upon you. Praise God. Those are pretty scary circumstances, really. And, um, and the devil designs them to terrify you. But the Bible says in nothing terrified by your adversary. Praise God. But the waters, the rivers, the fire... No, God's workmanship is going to bring you through. Praise God. And thank the Lord there's the strength that God provides for us and the blessing that he brings forth. Fear not. Fear not again in verse 5. Fear not, I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Okay. Verse 6, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. You know what I think that is? It's a regathering of Israel, of course. I think that's a rapture. <laughs> Praise God. From all, all sides of the earth, the whole circumference, east, west, north, south, doesn't matter. Praise God. What an incredible display of God's power. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation, God's going to call them forth. And uh, that's because of his workmanship. Verse 7, everyone that is called by my name, called by my name, that name keeps coming up, that name business. It must be serious. Must be important. Must be something I've got to do. And thank God, coming up on what's uh, 66 subtracted from 22 last, last century. Whatever it is, that's when I took the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. December 16th, 1966, baptized in the wonderful name. Hallelujah. Called by my name. 
I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. I have made him. Is that God's workmanship? I think it is. Thank God we can fit into that pattern because his glory is what he wants to display in you. His goodness is what he wants to show forth. His power is what he wants to reveal. Praise God. God don't make no failures. <laughs> Praise God. And we can move on in that realm of knowing victory, knowing overcoming, knowing blessing, knowing glory, knowing strength, knowing power. Amen. And not only for us, but he's created others in Christ Jesus. And that's what he wants us to do. So Paul talking about this is the labor, this is the working, this it's working in me mightily because every man needs to be preached to, needs to be taught, needs to be made perfect. Praise God. And we're going to reach out as much as we can, believing the Lord and trusting him. Not staggering along here and, and uh, I hope I make it. Oh, next Sunday, I hope I make it. Oh, next Thursday, Brother Murphy's going to be here. I, oh, I hope I survive. God's workmanship is stronger than that. God's workmanship is greater than that. Praise God. Lift your head up. Get your eyes on the throne. Find grace and mercy to help in time of need. Boldly before the throne. Praise God. Because God wants to help. God wants to minister. You are his workmanship. And thank the Lord that's what we can receive and be blessed in him. Stand tonight with me, please. Let's go ahead and come and, and pray here before we go downstairs for fellowship. We'll pray here for a few minutes. Brother Thomas, go ahead and come and play if you would. His workmanship. I want to feel his hands on me. You know, uh, sometimes... Sometimes the digging out of impurities may hurt. <laughs> may hurt a little bit. Sometimes it may not feel very comfortable. Sometimes it may, you may wonder, oh, man, do I have to go through this? What's going on here anyway? Praise God. But the Lord and his power and his glory and his mercy and his grace his strength, his compassion, his loving kindness, his goodness, amen, bringing us more and more into his power, into his touch, into his presence, into his blessing, into his glory. Thank God, because that's what being his workmanship means. Can we thank him together for it right now?